many of you guys know that one of my drawbacks is I like to watch the Redskins. Ain't much to laugh about them. But for my 60th birthday, my son-in-law got tickets last Thanksgiving. We went down to Dallas wearing my Redskin gear. I just had a blast. I mean, I was acting crazy. You know, it doesn't act. It just comes naturally. And I'm going, where did all these cowboy fans come from? And the guy goes, you're going to have to sit down. Where am I? Where's my, med- where's my medicine? <laughs> oh, we had so much fun. It was just hilarious. I'll never, ever, I hope God, I never, ever forget it. Hey, listen, I really appreciate you all. You know, it, it really was difficult. And uh, like I said, is I tell people all the time, it's hard to trust the Lord because you can't reach out and grab him and you can't see him. But yet he's here tonight uh, because we're two or three are gathered. He'll be in the midst. And so I know at least one here is saved. That's me. And I, I, you have to know that you are saved as well. I don't mean that to say, well, pastor, just being a little bit. Right, ain't it? Yep, sure am. And I just got to say this, a shout out. You know, I'm going to tell you right now, there's one person in this room tonight that I am glad to see. Sorry, Pastor, but my wife made it tonight. Amen. <laughs> She's the brown sugar of my life. <clears throat> and I don't mind saying it. Mm. Yes, ma'am. Man, she got me all spoiled up and everything. <laughs> Lord have mercy. It's good stuff. But, you know, like I said, uh, you that are married, you know, like I said, we've been married 35 years. And uh, ups, downs, sideways, all around. But God has kept us. And that's really what we need. Amen. I have the message tonight, the next three messages, as I told Brother Brooks, there are messages all, I hope, have all been encouraging. It's, remember, I want you all to be encouraged, to continue. We're in the 41st year. But, you know, it's kind of like those old, uh, those two lepers that sat outside the city while there was a famine in the land and siege. You know, he said, if we go back in the city, we're going to die. He said, if we sit right here, We're going to die. Let's go over to the Syrian camp. Maybe they'll be merciful for it. What am I trying to say? If we just sit right here, we're going to die. Okay? Now, that's not my message for tonight. But I would like to say to you tonight, as we have chosen for the week, Deuteronomy chapter number 2, and... Again, our verse of of text has come from verse 7. Because like I've said all week, I think it describes every, well, I know it does. Describes everything that has happened. For the Lord thy God have blessed thee in all the works of thy hands. He knoweth thy walking through this great wilderness. I mean, if you can't see the love that God shows, even when we're walking in the wilderness, he still shows his love. These 40 years, the Lord 
who is thy God. You know, that thy God is, is so powerful. Who is your God? We could just go right there. You know, I, I can stop. But, you know, it, he always had to tell them who their God was because there's so many things vying for our attention. It's not different. Let me finish. <clears throat> has been with thee, thou has lacked nothing. Man, there's been some thin times, and I'm sure it got down to the last little bit of wheat and a little bit of oil. But God blessed the increase and gave the increase. You know, over these last few nights, we, we talked about circling that mountain and that we needed to get victory in our life because until you do, you keep circling that mountain. And as long as you're circling that mountain, you're not going forward. And we talked about the purpose of our trials. And I like the song tonight. It's all for our good. That's what I said a couple of nights ago. It doesn't feel good. It never feels, feels good. But God never wastes anything, any pain, any trial, anything that we're going through. It is for our good. His ways are, better, are greater than our ways, higher than our ways. And then last night we talked about embarking on a new beginning. Because last night really is the start of the next generation. And then tonight, as we go into our, our message for tonight. It'll come from the New Testament, but I want you to get a glimpse and realize I need to get going. I need to, to get involved. Amen. You see, tonight we want to talk about a man who wanted to see who Jesus was. Now, maybe you're here tonight, and you need to see who Jesus is as well. But I want you to go with me to Numbers, just a few pages back. And I want to read these verses out of Numbers 22, <clears throat> because I want you to see just again how important it is for not to just settle for a partial victory. You see, let me read this, and you follow along. Now the children of Reuben and the children of Gad had a very great multitude of cattle. McDonald's is your kind of place. Sorry. And when they saw the land of Jazer and the land of Gilead, and that, behold, the place was a place for cattle. The children of Gad and the children of Reuben came and spake unto Moses and to Eleazar the priest and and to the princes of the congregation, saying, Ateroth and Dibon and Jazer and Nimrod. I'm going to stop getting these hard verses with these names I can't pronounce. Heshbon and Eliah, something like that. And Shebam and Nebo and beyond. Even the country which the Lord smote before the congregation of Israel is a land for cattle. You know, all they're thinking about is those cows right now. And thy servants have cattle. Imagine that. They did. Go with me a few more verses. Wherefore said they, 
if we have found grace in thy sight, they're buttering them up right now. Let this land be given unto servants, thy servants, for possession, and bring us not over Jordan. We'll just stop right here. We got what we want. You know, you just say, well, we got 40 years. You know, we can just be comfortable, and we can just cruise on from here on. But go ahead on me with me just a minute further. I'm chapter number 32 of Numbers. Did I not tell you? I certainly apologize. Stop it, Harold. Stop it. (laughs) I'm very sorry. Do you want me to start over? I can. (laughs) But here's the verse that I want you to see, these next two. And Moses said unto the children of Gad and to the children of Reuben, shall your brethren go to war and shall ye sit here? And wherefore discourage you the hearts of the children of Israel from going over into the land which the Lord hath given thee? Listen. Like I said, some people are just comfortable with a part of the victory. But God, you know, part of the victory has been 40 years, you know, that God has given us. But this ain't the end. Amen, Pastor. That's good preaching right there if I have to say so myself. The bottom line is you can't just sit here and say, well, you know, this is good for me. This is a great church. Well, what are you doing to help make it better? You see where I'm going at here. I won't chip over your foot. He tried to kick me last. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, He didn't try to kick me. So, you know, I'm saying is is that he's telling them, if you just settle for this, you're going to discourage. Listen, I've said this every night this week. Every woman, boy, child, it's important that we move out as a unit. Oh, boy, doesn't that sound military? Too bad, because I'm retired. But, you know, like I said, he is the Lord of hosts, of armies. So I'm not, off, I'm not off base. I'm just sitting here saying to you, again, folks, is that you, 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 me, everybody has a part, and we move together. Don't just sit back and say, well, you know, uh, you know, I know some of us are getting a little <laughs> long in the tooth, <clears throat> but you still can be prayer warriors. God has something for us all to do. So tonight, I want you to think about that and uh, just see how important it is, like I said, to get involved. And I want you to turn over to the New Testament, Luke. Where is my boy? Luke, I tell you, that's a handsome young fellow. Amen. I told him today, I said, you look just like your daddy. I said, what's wrong with that? You know, these kids get up. Oh, don't you say I look like my mama? Well, they had you. What you supposed to look like? You know, I mean, people, I don't want to look at my mama. You know what? You should have said that a few years ago. I tell everybody, I'm a mama's boy. And if you're born, you're a mama's child too. Amen. <laughs> Luke, that's going to cost you a few dollars now, I'll tell you. <laughs> I want you to turn to Luke chapter 19 tonight. The message title tonight, and a letter of encouragement. 
Lord, whatever you're going to do, don't do it without me. Whatever you're going to do, just don't do it without me. You know, because of the dedication and sacrifices of the Williams, we have a church that is debt-free. And nobody can take that away. You know, because of their dedication to the word that's always taught and preached here and sung and all those things, we are blessed beyond measure. And we don't lack nothing as well. You see, we have a place where we can understand our hearts and not be judgmental. Nobody walks on water but Peter. And I won't get on frozen water. I don't care if it is that thick. That ice makes too much noise, scares the black off of me, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm just being telling you. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like spiders. I can't stand snakes. <laughs> Somebody going to get me for that one. But that's okay. It's me being scared. You, you ain't scared that scared, all right? Don't do it without me. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8, which is my verse of calling. It says, uh, also I have heard the voice of the Lord saying, who shall I send? And I put to Rapid City. And who will go for us? And I put in parentheses, Pastor Williams. You know, can't you just see him saying, here am I, send me. And I remember when Pastor, and I shared with him that verse, he said, well, there's Nehemiah, there's Jeremiah, and you are Hiramiah. That's what he said to me. (laughs) I'll never forget. I mean, those are just precious memories that you just don't forget, amen? And like I said, You know, 40 years have come, and I've said this a couple of times, but we just cannot stand still. <laughs> Brother Glass and I were about to preach out there in the, in the pulpit, I mean, out there in the foyer, because it's in my notes, and man, he, he ain't seen my notes. But you know what? It says in Acts chapter 1, verses 10 and 11, and And while they looked steadfastly toward the heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into the heavens? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven." Listen, 40 years is awesome, but we just can't stand it. I'll go, Lord, it's 40 years. God said, look, get with the program. Folks are still dying. Folks are still going to hell, and we're sitting here. I didn't know we got a 40-year anniversary. But let's get busy. Amen. Amen. 
brother said that to me. He don't know what I'm preaching about. And I'm sitting there getting ready to cut me a lap, as my preacher says. I mean, really, we can get so complacent. Listen, it's beautiful in here. I love the fact that we had this upstairs and, and there was good food and all that stuff. The only problem I had with that, brother, is that they go all fall asleep. You know, they need a nap and everything. That's the way I behave. But no, I'm telling you, if you fall asleep while Pastor Ho is preaching, don't worry, I'll come right over there and preach right by you. So don't worry. So, like I said, you know, it's great. But again, we need a congregation that says, whatever you're going to do, don't do it without me. Whatever you're going to do, don't do it without me. I want in. As I told you in chapter 19, let's look at an example of what it looks like to want to be involved, to want to be in the mindset of what the Lord is doing. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this evening. I ask, Lord, you continue to bless us and keep us and show us from your word what it looks like. And Lord, we thank you for each and every one that has come out tonight. And I pray the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart will be acceptable in your sight, Lord, and will be acceptable to the people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's get right into this tonight, verse by verse. Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. I don't know about you, but I'm glad he went that way. You know, he, again, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And then look at verse 3. It says, and he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not. The press because he was little in statue. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, let me just tell you again that tonight someone here needs to take the lead of Zacchaeus to see who Jesus is. Oh, I've heard a lot about this Jesus. But you need to realize, and it's been said, it's an individual situation. No one else can do it for you. Let's find out who Jesus is. Let me tell you that he's not only the creator of all, but he died for all. Did you hear me? He's not only the creator of the Lord of all. It is God who has created us, not we ourselves. We are the sheep of his pastor, and he died for all so that we might, which is a huge word. You might not accept that, but so that we might be saved. Amen. 
And so we glean from reading this passage tonight, and we'll read a little bit more. You'll meet a man named Zacchaeus. Now, I wrote it in my words like this. Zacchaeus was like an Old Testament IRS. I think everybody knows what that stands for, Internal Revenue Service. And just like the IRS, which can almost do as they please, because they really do. These tax collectors, uh, they were Jews who were considered to be traitors by the other Jews because they worked for the Roman government. They were wealthy because they took more than what they should have. Now, I'm not saying every wealthy person is that way, but some are. So now you can see why they didn't take too kindly of Jesus walking with them. I'm going to put some of you on notice tonight. Last night, there goes that suspender. I knew I shouldn't have wore it, Pastor. I was in junction with you. There was a young lady that came in that I've known since she was born. I hadn't seen her in a long time. She gave me a big hug. And we walked in this sanctuary. And just like the people were judging Jesus for being around this, the, the tax collectors, you should have seen some of the glares. You know, here's a person, you don't know what they've gone through. You don't know what battles they're fighting. But you know, God does. And I know some of them. And I was just so glad to see them. But people were looking at me like, oh, Lord, his wife ain't here tonight. And he cutting up. <laughs> you wait, I'm going to tell. And all I was trying to do was be an encouragement. Listen, somebody had to walk with you. Somebody had to put their arms around you. And his name is Jesus. But there were people looking. Man, they were like, well, if you wanted me to walk with me, you should have came up here. I put my arm around you and walked down the aisle too. But I'm just telling you, it's easy to get the same way. Well, Jesus, how could you? You know, I'm going to say this. Because I've been around a little bit. And sometimes fundamental Baptist folks can be the most stuck up folk you ever meet. I don't mean that mean. It's just the way it is. Listen, you're not going to be the only one in heaven. I'm glad about that. But I'm serious, man. They were looking at me like, oh, I'm going to tell Sharon. Listen, there ain't no hanky and there ain't no panky. Do you hear what I'm saying? (laughs) But I'm just sitting here saying to you, that's the way we can be. We can get so judgmental. Well, I can't believe they come in here dressed like this. Listen, if you go to heaven, those clothes are going to fall off. If you go to hell, they're going to burn off. But let that person get saved and God will change their heart. Amen. Amen. Come on with it. But we're going, well, you know. She don't dress this way. Jesus wants us to just come as we are. He don't want us to stay as we are. And he's going to change that. Let the Holy Spirit do his job. All right, that's enough. 
So they were a little upset. So as he entered Jericho, of course, the town was buzzing. And, you know, I would have been excited, too. Can you imagine? I mean, now, I know everybody is not a Republican. We'll have a discussion about that afterwards. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But I'm going to tell you right now, the president of the United States comes to town. Folk will get excited about it. Well, you can't stand a man and hope the Lord is not a woman. Nothing against you girls, but, you know, that's not what God has called you to do. Oh, I'm going to get it now. But that's all right. You can hit me. I'm already black. You'll never see the bruises hardly anyway, so <laughs> I'm not worried. But I'm sitting here saying to you, the town was a buzz. The news had been there. I, I mean, that, and I, if I'd have been there, I would have wanted to see Jesus too. Here was a man that was feeding thousands of people. And you know the sad thing about it, sometimes people only want to see Jesus when they're in need. You know, I said this last night, and I'll say it again tonight. If the only time you pray is when you're in trouble, you are in trouble. You better pray and thank God for just seeing another day. It's not because Pastor Hole is so good. It's not a person out there been so good. It's because he's been so good to me. But Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus, and maybe you're here tonight, and you aren't sure your salvation, or you're not sure of Jesus, can I just urge you to take this man's lead? You, want, you need to see Jesus. Now, the scripture describes the scene a little bit. And people were pressing to see Jesus as we read in that verse 3. Now, they had heard about the feeding, like I said, of and the healings and all those things. But whether they believed or not, that's why most of them were there. Show us something else. If all you came for tonight was a piece of ranch chicken, I love that statement, bro. Peter got his revenge. I love that. I'm going to use that. If that's all you came for tonight, well, let's see what Pastor Holder does tonight. It ain't about me. Just hear the words of God that he's speaking to me. Listen, most of the things I have said this week, they're not on that sheet. It's what God would have me to say. And that's fine with me. So, now, Zacchaeus wasn't a tall man. But he wanted to see Jesus. Someone said this, and it's so true. You do what's important. If the football game is important to you, guess where you're going? If television is important to you, guess where you're going? You're going to do, you'll make time. I don't care how busy you are. Well, you know, we got to get home, Ethel. Peyton Place is going to be on. Now, they don't even show that show no more. Man, I tell you, I'm getting old. <laughs> you know, I, got, I, I tell you, I used to have an instructor, Dr. Kent Fish, and I used to give him such a hard time, I'd go by and put a C on his name, and it would say Kent Fish. And he loved to fish. Doctor, he was, a, he was such a, a, a great professor, loved the Lord, loved the Lord, and he loved tying his loose. Did you know? Now, this is the way to go out. He was 
It, he was found dead, sitting in his chair with his Bible open, tying a, a fishing fly. That man loved the Lord, and he didn't care if you was at a secular college. He wasn't afraid to tell you. But he was going to stop class because he wanted to see the 10 o'clock news, and I like that. <laughs> you do what's important. What's important to you? If reading your Bible is important, guess what? You're going to find time. If it's being, listen, I'm okay with passing out tracts. I'm okay with witnessing, but the best witness you need is a life that illustrates a testimony that says I am a Christian without Amen. ever opening your mouth. Amen. Really? You know, one of the best compliments that someone can say to you, there's something different about you now. I hope they ain't saying you're weird. <laughs> you know, when I was in high school, I, that's what they used to call me, old weird Harold, I tell you. I hated that, you know, <laughs> old weird Harold, you know. I carried a briefcase, to be honest with you. I looked like a geek, but that's all right. <laughs> and to this day, you always see me with a case. But you know why? I'm going to tell you why. And here's another plug for the Germans. <laughs> the smartest kid in our class, Norbert Ingram, he never spoke. He was like a, uh, what do you call those, malmute? That man never smoked. I spoke. But he was the smartest person in that class. He carried a briefcase. He was German. And I'm telling you, I, 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 I just wanted to be like him. You know, you do what's important to you. Who? What's important to you? Is the NFL important to you? You know, I used to stay up. And, man, I better get going. Y'all going to get tired of me after a minute. And I'd watch the game. And on the East Coast, the game come on late. And then one day I said, why am I sitting here watching this? Them guys out there don't give a rip if I got to get up in the morning and drive that bus 111 to school and pick up all these high school students. They didn't care. I'm not telling you you shouldn't be a fan because I just told you where my problem was with the Redskins. <laughs> I got to tell you a little. <laughs> got to tell you a little joke. Well, no, it's a joke. Well, you know the fight song for the... Uh, Redskins is called Hail to the Redskins. And one day, Shamara, she was about, I don't know, maybe four years old, five years old. And she was trying to impress Dad so much. And she wrote H-E-L-L -L to the Redskins. <laughs> and I said, baby, no, that's after about four or five games. That's what we changed the, the, the song to. <laughs> now, y'all go with that, okay? <laughs> but it's the truth. And uh, so... What am I saying to you tonight is that, again, is that he wasn't going to allow these things to stop him from seeing the Lord. Wouldn't it be nice if people would have the same approach when it comes to being in attendance? You know, all they got to lose, one snowflake, for, oh, no, Heather, we can't go. You know, you're sitting here, oh, man, you, you must have been raised in North Carolina. Man, we used to get excited. If one or two snowflakes fell and it stuck to the grass, they canceled school. We're going home. But folk are so easily distracted. Listen, it's important that you be in your place. Yeah. Get your assigned seat. I don't care. Get mad at somebody getting your seat. But be here. Yeah. No, she's not falling asleep. I, I'm not saying <laughs> What I'm sitting here saying to you guys is that, listen, wouldn't it be nice if people said, I'm not going to let this. This is where you need to be. Amen. You know, and hopefully when you walk out here, I've said this so many times when people just come out of the house and I, I love to have fun. I mean, I was teasing. I, I, I just do. 
And I like for it to come back to me, too. You know, I, I, but if you won't tease me, don't worry, I'll tease you. But the bottom line is, is this, is that at the end of the night tonight, you ought to be able to walk out of this place and say, you know, we didn't have to say, we didn't have to apologize for nothing. We just Amen. praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. And, and so, man, that's two, three times I made it around there. I'm sure I'll get it later. For those of you that don't know, I've been rounding off with my leg that those corners of that. But again, he wasn't going to let anything get in the way. You know, it doesn't take much. Get a bad attitude. Why do you get an attitude? I remember, none of you guys knew our assistant pastor, our associate principal. But Mr. Todd used to get on us, and he'd walk around just like this all the time. Boy, why you got to be so hard here? Why you got to have a tube? It's like, think about it. You ever go to Walmart? There's not hardly a time you go to Walmart. It's one of my favorite places to shop. And there's a cat in there. You know, I looked at Tate the other day. I said, Tate, that's you. No, Dad, that ain't me. I said, yeah, you can be crying on the inside. Like, I got to go to church. No, he don't do that. But I'm just sitting here saying to you, why you got to get an attitude? Can't you be thankful? God can take you in that tube and say, boom, and you're gone. You know, we do. We get these tubes going. Listen, why don't you get an attitude about Jesus and say, I'm not going to let nothing stand in my way. You know, I'm going to be faithful. That's what's going to be needed to go. You know what? You, like I said, let me tell you something. Well, you know, I give a little bit to the Lord. You're never going to outgive God. Oh, I'm going to give a little bit more. You're never going to outgive God. Oh, he's talking about giving, Ethel. That's right. Because you know what? You're going to die and leave it all anyway. The Bible says the silver is mine. The gold is mine. You know, so why should you worry about it? You just borrow it. Oh, Lord, I can see a bill coming on now. Remember what you said, Dad? You just borrowing it. <laughs> you know what the problem is? It's just like in St. John chapter 20. When we say, whatever you're going to do, don't do it without me. Jesus appeared to the disciples and showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples, this is verse 23 and 24. Then the disciples of chapter 20 of John were glad. But you know what? Somebody was missing. But Thomas... One of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them. Folk, when you're not here, you're going to miss something. It's a fact. If God's going to speak, you need to be here to hear it. Listen, every time we step up here on this pulpit, God is speaking to us. I just, and the words come out. I tell everybody, I used to tell them this, look, I'm just like the pizza delivery boy. I just deliver the pizza. The word of God. Amen. But I'm saying to you is that, again, is that here we see this. Thomas wasn't there. Now, I know there are times when we can't be there. Christine was sick as a dog. Don't come in here sick. 
and infect everybody. Because then there won't be nobody here. We'll all be down at the uh, infirmary, as they say in the military, you know, uh, getting uh, better, hopefully, and getting a big bill after that as well. So we see Jesus was passing through, and many people were following Jesus, and the crowds were large. Now, have you ever gone to a parade, and, and the crowd was so large there, there's always somebody taller than you in front of you. You ever notice that? Always. And some of you might remember Dan Cheney. That man has the biggest head allowed to a, to a human. And I've told him that. I said, you got, he lives, he's in North Dakota. He's going to get me if you hear about it. That boy's got, you know, you just paint Goodyear on this side and Goodyear on that side. And he can float over any football game. He has got a gourd. You do not want to sit behind Dan. You go this way, you're not going to see that ear. You go that way, you're not going to see and he said there just to steal his mouth, praising God. He loves God. But, you know, like I said, Dan, Dan Cheney and Brother Young, they were all here in this church at one time. And uh, good friends. And, and like I said, Dan is always, he's always wanting to get me back. And I know he's going to get me, but that's all right. I'm up one tonight. Yeah. That boy, I'm serious. He got the biggest head that you can screw onto a human being. Shoulder. <laughs> I got to get off that point. <laughs> But you go, and there's someone taller or bigger, but I'm sure he, again, again, like I say, he's going to get me. But because it was important to Zacchaeus, the scriptures in verse 4, look at that. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. You know, it was that important to him. Can I challenge you tonight? Make seeing Jesus, make being in your place, make witnessing, make all those things important to you. Amen. You hear me? You know, it was that important. Seeing Jesus. Now, you see, for me... Uh, it may not be a sycamore tree we have to climb. It could be for us getting up a few minutes early and spending time in the Word of God. You know, to see Jesus through his precious word, it may mean clearing off a spot on your busy schedule. Spend time with the Lord. It's got to be that important to you. I want you to see that Zacchaeus was a wealthy man as we go back to our study. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, as they say. So he probably had on a designer robe and some Air Jordan sandals. <laughs> you know... <laughs> The kind that pump up, you know, I'm going to tell you a story. I'm supposed to be wearing a boot. <clears throat> and the new ones they got for me, I got a little pump on the side. <laughs> so, you know, he's wealthy. I will say this much. I've seen a lot of wealthy people down at Goodwill, and that's all right. I, I tell you the truth, I, I don't mind that. They're not going to need a lot of those 
clothes. Somebody done donated them. Somebody passed on. They're not going to need that. Understand? So he had this designer robe and these Air Jordan sandals. He probably wasn't planning on climbing a tree that day. Hmm. But notice at this point, he really wanted to see Jesus. What are we willing to do? What are we willing to sacrifice in order to see this place go forward? Some people were sacrificing their time tonight to make sure you got served. Some people sacrificed their time. Nebraska got killed again. To come down here and help set up table. You know, be willing to do those things. You're doing it for the glory of God. Not so somebody can say, well, you know, brother, you did a God. It's great to get, you know, those pats on the back. But I got also one of those good-sized gourds, too. And we don't, I don't need no more air pressure in this thing. So I'm just sitting here saying to you is that, listen, what are we willing to do? What extreme, what kind of measures are we willing? He was saying, Lord, if you're going to say something, if you're going to do something, don't do it without me. I'm going to see this. It was as if he was trying to see someone he supported. You know, if your daughter or if your son, got it, we're in a parade. It's like, I can tell you right now be like, get out of the way. I want a picture. You know, boom. <laughs> I ain't going to go the other way because I don't think I'll make it. Lord help me. <laughs> but I'm sitting here saying to you, you're going to, because that's important. I want a picture of him in the parade because I support them. He supported Jesus Christ. You know, he was willing to go through anything, Air Jordan, sandals, and designer robes. It didn't matter. I'm getting in this tree. You know, again, he was trying to see someone he supported or heard about. Again, as that scripture points out that Zacchaeus was the chief among the tax collectors, meaning he was in charge of the tax office in Jerusalem. If there was going to be a problem, the Romans were going to come to him. And as mentioned, he had defrauded his fellow Jews. And although he was rich, he was spiritually poor. Money can't buy everything. Do you know money is only a tool? I got to tell you a story because this happened right up there in Sturgis about four years ago. It was Christmas Day. Let me tell you something. If you can't be in church on Christmas Day that falls on a Sunday, there is something wrong. Do you hear me? Oh, it's Christmas. I got to be home with the children. How many times have you run down and go, oh, this is this present, this, this boom box is saying Christ died for me. No, you aren't thinking about that. I'm just sitting here saying to you, guys, you know, it's important to be in your place. But what I was saying was it was a Christmas day. And you know Walmart even closes on Christmas day. My point is money is only a tool. And I was sitting in my office right up there at Sturgis. And man, I got so hungry. 
I was about ready to start biting myself. You know. And I'm sitting there with a pocket full of money. Everything closed. So I started to get me some hot sauce and pull out one of them $20 bills and sprinkle on that. And, you know, right on down. Yeah, right. Listen, money is a tool to be used, but give God his first. You'll be surprised how much you can do with the other 90%. I know they're like, yeah, he already talked about that giving. That's right. Give to God. So we see that. And he had defrauded all these people and he was spiritually poor on his way to hell. Maybe tonight someone here is well off. I'm not, I'm not jealous of that. Worked hard for it perhaps. But if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're spiritually poor. I've said it once, say it again. What shall it profit a man? To gain the whole wide world and lose his own soul. Are you guys tired of me yet? I'm about, you got a little bit to go. Am I, am I tired? Just go ahead and raise your hand. I'll look. I won't look. Look, listen, I enjoy preaching. I'm trying to teach the word, I'm trying to get you to see something. And I'm glad I got everybody's attention. Nobody's nodded off yet. Because, again, I'm going to come over there and preach by you. Wake up. Yes, sir. (laughs) Amen. I hope that don't go on the tape like that. They're going to go, what was wrong with that guy at that time? (laughs) I know y'all ain't going to ever ask me to come back and preach another anniversary day after this. It's, it was, <laughs> it, I'm going to tell you what it was. It was that friendship bread of mass, and that was some good stuff. It make you just want to slap yourself and slap yourself. And Lord, I can't believe this has got to be a dream. It's, that girl can stir up dirt and make it taste good. <laughs> she learned it from her mom, I'm going to tell you. Amen. Let's give credit where credit's due. So we see that If you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you're in the same boat Zacchaeus was at this point. On his way to hell. Now, can you imagine Zacchaeus trying to jump up and and dump up and down, like I said, and trying to see who Jesus was? Oh, that ain't going to work. Now, I do have this one foot up, so I'm going basically on one foot. Because if I do that, it, it might hurt. So, what am I saying to you? He saw jumping up and down wasn't going to work. At this point, he has a decision to make. Hear me out. He could have just remained in the crowd, as so many people would do. Or he could do something. You see, you're here tonight. And you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior You have a decision to make. You know, and that Christ died on the cross and rose again the third day. It's payment for my sin. You have a decision to make. You see, you can go back home, and some did last night, because I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit, I'm just going to tell you like it is. And I've told you, these notes were written weeks ago. Because that's what God put on my heart. And he said, you write this. Someone here tonight needs to get saved. 
And I'm going, okay, Lord. So I'm saying to you tonight, if you're here tonight and you've never trusted Jesus Christ, you're in the same boat as Zacchaeus on your way to hell. And I used to say with gasoline-soaked underwear on or whatever you're wearing. But the bottom line is, is this, is that listen to me. You've got a decision to make. Am I going to continue on? I'm just going to go home. You know, it was good to be here for anniversary days. It's good to hear some preaching. I hope that's what you call that. That's what I call it. Or you could just be glad, like I said, to be part of the crowd. Or you could do something. Look, his motivation was so strong that he refused to give up. He refused to give in. He refused to quit. That is the same spirit wrapped up into that family right there. Pastor Williams refused to give up. He refused to quit. Him and his family refused to just remain down in muddy fields of Mississippi. We call it Mississippi downtown, down south. Mississippi. But you know what? He didn't do that. Because he wanted to see where God was going to lead him. And you know what? He didn't go home. Because if he did, we wouldn't be celebrating 40 years right now. Amen and amen again. In verse 5, and when Jesus came to the place, man, I got to get on. I'm almost done, believe it or not. He looked up and saw him. And said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. You know, talk about an unannounced visitor. What? Wait a minute. I didn't make my bed. It didn't matter. I didn't pick up my toys. Let me tell you something. You go and pass the office, hold his office. I love model cars. Sometimes I get down there and drive, you know, just like that. <laughs> if you don't believe it, some of you might have came to the funeral of those five that were lost in that fire a few years ago. And that's a long church over there, that Lutheran church. And the Lord had told me the night before, I want you to get a little truck. And I want you to get some knee pads. And get all the children. And here I am down here on my knees. Them children were right behind me. I'm not too crazy. It doesn't matter. I want to do what God tells me to do. You might laugh and say, what's wrong with that man? Matter of fact, they said on the news that night. It was a different kind of memorial service. But it was great. And, uh, but again, you see. He didn't give in. This is what he came for. To bring salvation to Zacchaeus' house. But not only to his house, and again, talk about the unannounced visitor. You know, maybe, like I said, his house probably, he probably had servants and all that. But it, maybe it just wasn't right. But you know, it's, there's more than just physical things that ain't right in your house. 
You hear me? There's some spiritual things that aren't right in your house that need to be aligned. And only Jesus can do that. Let him come on in and let him point it out. That kind of thing. When Jesus said, I must abide at your house, immediately, like I said, folks started to complain. It amazes me how quickly people will, will murmur and complain, Pastor. Oh, we love you. What in the world is he doing now, Ethel? Is he out of his mind? I don't know, Fred. I love the Isle of Lucy, so that's where those characters come from. But I'm just sitting here saying to you, I always said this, and people at Calvary know I've said this many times. It's hail Hosanna one week, and it's crucifying the next. It's no different with us. Because we're quick to complain because we don't understand. You know, I could tell you, and I said it again, when the pastor started talking about uh, a printing press, are you serious? Are you, you know, are you out of your mind? No, he was just being led by Jesus. Amen. Hmm. Again, people started murmuring, complaining. We even, like I said, lost families behind that. But aren't you glad? And I said this in other messages, nothing's too hard for the Lord. Nothing. But you can just see him saying, Lord, whatever you want me to do, don't do it without me. That's what our pastors, you know, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do it. So help me, God. I'm sure Zacchaeus was saying, Lord, whatever you want me to do, don't do it without me. You know, he probably heard some of the people talking. I ain't believing Jesus is going home with that. Can you believe that, Sally Mae? Don't you think Pastor heard some of the, the murmuring and the complaining? But you know what? He went on anyway. Thank God. Again, remember, for those that may not have been here last night, the Bible says, let another man play, praise thee, and that's what I'm doing. Nothing wrong with that. And again, you know, in the end, he forsook all that and became undignified and climbed up that tree. Zacchaeus climbing that tree saved his life, and not only his life, but the life of his family. And though his salvation, through his salvation, he enriched those around him. He gave back what he should have never took. Because when you get saved, you're going to give something back. You're going to want to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. As we continue to move forward into these 40 years, it's time for us to get motivated to serve our Lord and Savior. We need not to let any obstacles get in our way. The Lord is about to do something even greater here. What's he going to do? Well, won't you just come and find out? Do you want to be a part of it all? Or do you want to sit on the sideline and go, I knew my God was, you know, some people do that. I knew he was going to do it. No, you didn't. You were sitting there just as skeptical, you know, and you were, you were just as guilty and thinking, oh, yes, now God is doing it. Yes, yes. Yes, God has got us 40 years. I'm telling you, year one all the way up to year 40, it was difficult. You know, again, 
as we continue, like I said, we need that. Don't let those obstacles get in the way as I repeated it. The question is, do you want to be a part of it all? Are you ready to say, here am I, send me? Are you ready to say, Lord, I'm a little scared. If you're a little scared, climb that tree. Lord, I don't think I'm qualified. Climb that tree. You've been praying and praying. Get up and climb that tree. If you just want to sit back, get up, climb that tree. If you're tired, and I know that's right, climb that tree. If you only have a little bit of energy, Lord, I'm giving it to you. I'm going to climb that tree because I want to see what you're going to do. You know, the thing about climbing a tree is that you can see You have an advantage. You can see over the crowd. Climb that tree. If your faith is running a little low, climb that tree. Just as Zacchaeus lived and the lives around him were encouraged and changed all because he was willing to climb that tree. Climbing a tree, like I said. And the thing is, what I like, and I'm done, folks, is that Jesus said, Zacchaeus, come on down. Aren't you glad we sing that song, He Knows My Name? He knows my name. Billions of people, Earl Lee Holder. You know, like I said, you know, I always say this. You know, a lot of times you don't hear people's low name unless you're in trouble. Mama would say, Earl Lee it wasn't going to be a good thing. <laughs> and the only time you hear that is when you're getting ready to graduate. That was a great day. And you go, what was their name? My goodness, I wouldn't go on by that either. But I'm just sitting here saying to you tonight, folks, climb that tree. As we keep going forward, we've got to keep climbing trees. When things look a little bleak, Pastor Brooks, keep climbing that tree. And you guys... Help push him up. Amen. If he can't get his leg up on that Lex limb, somebody be there. Help him up. Because he's going to pull you right on up behind him. Amen. That's just the kind of pastor you have. Amen. Amen. Folks, climbing a tree brings salvation to that family. Tonight, somebody here might need to climb that tree. Somebody here needs to maybe rededicate their life. Pastor, I'm going to turn it over to you. 